0: Global Business News 24 hours a day at bloomberg.com the radio plus mobile app and on your radio this is a bloomberg business flash from bloomberg world headquarters i'm charlie Pellet. stocks are holding close to a record a down day though we have got the s&p 500 index down 3 now at 2179 a drop there of 2 tenths of 1% s&p 500 index lower along with the dow and nasdaq nasdaq is down 11 to 5210 a drop of two-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials down uh, 25 points now to 18,518, a drop of one-tenth of one percent. The 10-year up one thirty-second, that yield 1.58 percent. Gold down 260 the ounce to 13.36, a drop there of two-tenths of one percent. Crude oil up two-and-a-half percent of 103 a barrel to $42.83. I'm Charlie Pellet and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. A tortoise economy. That's the description from our next guest, Ron Sanchez. He is the chief investment officer for Fiduciary Trust Company International, the wealth management unit of Franklin Templeton, helping to manage more than $74 billion of customer assets. And Ron joins me here in the studio. Ron, thanks for being with me. Thank you. Why do you call it a tortoise economy? This has been an unusual recovery since the credit crisis
1: we've seen overall the U.S. economic data has generated about a 2% GDP since the Great Recession. And so by historical standards, um, it's been slow um, and it's been un- somewhat uneven, and we think it's actually quite sustainable and actually will be one of the longest um, uh, economic
0: recoveries um, on record, quite frankly. If it is an anomaly, this tortoise economy, does that mean that we're going to have investment returns that are also tortoise-like? I think that's correct. If we look
1: back over the last um, couple of years, not not 2015, but at the end of 2014, returns have been very, very strong. Uh, and and financial assets has prospered uh, in this recovery, even though it's been a tortoise recovery. Um, and I would say that's all kinds of financial assets, both bonds, stocks, real estate, art. But I think as we move forward here with valuations as full as they are and interest rates as low as they are and monetary policy that has um, coming to an end um, in terms of its extreme measures, I think as we move forward, returns are going to be quite muted uh, and most likely accompanied by um, elevated volatility. And that's certainly been um, been the case over the last 12 months. If you look at the return and the volatility, um, both have been uh, low return and high volatility.
0: Is it possible to be selective and intelligent about money management so that you don't end up with a tortoise-like portfolio? True. You have to be uh, quite disciplined here. I would describe the
1: landscape from a a financial standpoint as challenging. Um, Certainly, almost by definition, low returns and high volatility is a challenging landscape. Having said that, though, I think there are opportunities in in a tortoise economy. And we endeavor to look for those companies um, that can um, generate a, a solid return, both when you include um, a, a dividend of, of 25 to 3% and a reasonable price valuation. We think there are opportunities in those sectors to generate a reasonable return um, in this environment. Tell us some of those sectors. I think some of those sectors include um, health care, uh, consumer discretionary and technology. Other sectors that have performed – Particularly well in the last six months, that are really predicated on low interest rates, extreme interest rates, actually, interest rates that are below zero. Um, Those types of securities or sectors have done exceptionally well. Um, Those are utilities, um, consumer staple uh, companies that don't grow overly fast. Is
0: that a relative trade, meaning that it's got an investment? group that says, I can't live on those negative interest rates. I've got to go find something else.
1: That's right. Investors have been concerned about two things, about the high degree of uncertainty, which has led to a safe haven trade or perceived safety around bonds and utilities, um, and also a carry trade, meaning that given how low interest rates are, and I think if you went back two weeks ago, $16 trillion of sovereign debt traded below the zero bound. And so there is an insatiable appetite for yield. And it has led investors to pursue yield or those sectors that generate or distribute above average yield. Having said that, though, I think we are moving to a situation where I'm not so sure there's safety in safe haven assets.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought this up because there's a certain irony in the fact that you have, as you described, historically low interest rates and lots of liquidity, both courtesy of central banks around the world. But what you've described is that people have gotten more risk averse rather than what the central banks wanted in the first place, which is to promote the investment into riskier assets. That's right.
1: Um, and so, and also, into credit creation and job creation, and we've seen a little bit of that, but a lot of the liquidity has found itself into uh, into, a com- into a company's um, share value as opposed to infrastructure and uh, capital expenditures and, and um, other financing that generated additional economic activity uh,
0: instead of financial engineering. All right, so those domestic utilities, as well as, as you describe, consumer staples. Tell me a little bit more about healthcare because there's health care, there's insurance, there's biotechnology, there's big pharma. Do you want a mix of all those, or how do you go about determining? You, you do want
1: a mix of those. We think the overall sector, as well as certain industries or subsectors that you've just described, are quite attractive. As we look out over the next couple of years, certainly from a demographic standpoint, it's very compelling. Also, technology will play a huge, um, uh, integral, in uh, part, uh, input, I should say, into um, some of these uh, healthcare companies that will be able to lower their cost and deliver better services based on innovation and technology. And we think there will be cost savings, and those companies um, will profit both from increasing revenue and widening profit margin and cheaper
0: technology. And Cheaper technology. Cheaper computing power. Cheaper storage that is available. Correct. As far as uh, your understanding of the mindset of investors right now, are they doing smart things or are they just getting ready to dump large amounts of money into the stock market when it hits record?
1: Actually, what's interesting when you look at the return profile, not only recently but all the way back to to the early days of the credit crisis, um, investors have – have been particularly cautious here and so have CEOs and um you have not seen a lot of flows into the into the equity market um if anything um you continue to see flows into safe haven assets such as such as bonds and so a lot of investors actually are missing out on this tortoise economy because it just hasn't been evident that we were ever in a robust economic backdrop you look abroad and there continues to be a rolling debt crisis from Greece on. We had our fiscal cliff here. Um, the economy had a good quarter, bad quarter. And so there really wasn't an environment where investors truly got comfortable, um, that the return profile, um, and the reward, um, w- was worth it. Um, uh, but when you look back, it certainly has. Um, and so unfortunately, I think there are some, um, that have missed out on, uh, on pretty good returns over the last couple of years.
0: Based on your experience, does this have as much to do with the age profile of the group that has the money to invest rather than the actual investments themselves? That's a good question. Certainly demographics would argue for a
1: transition from risk assets, i.e. equities, into in, into bonds, both for the income as well as safety as one gets older and one moves into retirement. So demographics certainly have played a role Um, But I think the high degree of uncertainty and the economic backdrop um, has led also um, for investors to move into fixed income perhaps prematurely.
0: Do you think it's going to end badly for people that have moved into fixed income with yields right now the 10-year at 1.58, the 30-year at 2.3?
1: So I do think that um, we're most likely have bottomed uh, in interest rates, and I say that globally, not just here in the U.S. where you cited those two rates. Um, I think for those investors that have not reached for yield, And have bought a five-year and accepted low nominal uh, returns, I think they'll they'll be okay and they'll be able to ride through that. I think for those that have reached out and have um, invested in 30-year securities and in some instances,
0: actually 50-year maturities, uh, I do think it ends badly. As far as commodities go, that can be both positive and negative. We've been looking at Oil prices. You say, well, oil prices go up, the dollar goes down. Oil prices go up, stocks go up. Uh, those correlations work until they don't. Uh, are there any specific market indicators that you watch to tell you a little bit more about the direction or the com- uh, the com- composition of the market?
1: Well, I think one wh- one of the things that we're focused on is is. Commodities in relation to to Federal Reserve um, and whether they'll um, when they'll start to move uh, on a path of normalization, and so commodities are part of that equation. Also, financial conditions more broadly speaking, the dollar, which as you mentioned is highly correlated to uh, commodity prices, as well as credit spreads. And so far, um, all three of those are are, are well behaved, um, and so they should be um, supportive of economic activity, and
0: I think supportive of the Fed being patient here for for the better part of the year. You said better part of the year. Do you expect one uh, interest rate increase this year? I do by year-end, yes. By year-end in in December. And mostly in December. And uh, just quickly, if that happens, will that change your strategy in any radical way? No, not at all. Um, I I think we have a couple of more years
1: of of decent economic growth, and a modest 25 basis point uh, move by year-end would not alter our view.
0: Thank you very much. Ron Sanchez, he is the Chief Investment Officer for, for Fiduciary Trust Company International. They're the Wealth Management Unit of Franklin Templeton, helping to manage more than $74 billion of customer assets. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. We'll take you through to the close on Wall Street. That's all coming up right here on Bloomberg.